It's Monday, February 10th. I am Martine Powers. This is an election update from Post Reports. So coming out of the Iowa caucuses, what is the state of the Democratic primary right now? Well, the Iowa Democratic Party announced that Pete Buttigieg would receive the most number of delegates for the National Presidential Nominating Convention. By the time it's all said and done, Iowa, you have shocked the nation. And so Buttigieg is interpreting that as a win. Eugene Scott covers politics for The Fix. By all indications, we are going on to New Hampshire victorious. The person coming in second so far is Senator Bernie Sanders, whose campaign appears to be contesting this finish and believes they will get one more delegate than they currently have. Mayor Pete's been declaring a win for days now. Why should people believe your victory speech over his? Because I got 6,000 more votes. One narrative coming out of the Sanders camp is that he won the popular vote. And from where I come, when you get 6,000 more votes, that's generally regarded to be the winner. There's not really a popular vote in caucuses. It's kind of the whole point is that it works differently than just a popular vote. Absolutely. But it is a message that is working for him with his base. And he's taking that message with him to New Hampshire, hoping it will lead to a much more clearly defined victory. And it feels like this somewhat small conflict between the Sanders camp and the Buttigieg camp coming out of the Iowa caucuses and this question of, like, well, who actually won the most delegates? It's kind of laid bare a lot of other brewing tensions within the Democratic Party as the primaries start to heat up. Absolutely. One thing we saw change after Iowa is the candidates becoming more aggressive and direct in their criticism of one another. Bernie's labeled himself, not me, a democratic socialist. I think that's the label that the president's going to lay on everyone running with Bernie if he's a nominee. The Friday debate in New Hampshire was probably one of the most spirited. We have a newcomer in the White House, and look where it got us. I think having some experience is a good thing. From Amy Klobuchar aggressively attacking Pete Buttigieg. And I figure, Pete, uh, that 59, my age, is the new 38. To Joe Biden releasing ads diminishing the the accomplishments of Buttigieg as a small-town mayor compared to him, a former vice president and lawmaker. Joe Biden helped lead the passage of the Affordable Care Act, which gave health care to 20 million people. And when parkgoers called on Pete Buttigieg, he installed decorative lights under bridges. I saw something on Twitter acknowledging that multiple Democratic candidates were self-identifying as the unity candidate. The way you bring people together is by presenting an agenda that works for the working people of this country, not for the billionaire class. Uh, We need that kind of unification when our nominee is dividing people with a politics that says, if you don't go all the way to the edge, it doesn't count. And someone said, Democratic candidates are divided on who is the unity candidate. (laughs) And that pretty much sums it up right now. There's a lot of disagreement on the left about who is best positioned to lead the party forward, but also about whether or not the way the process is currently working is the best way to respond to the realities of the the party, the base, and their respective identities. 
prior to Iowa, there was already debate about whether Iowa should be going first because of its relative lack of diversity compared to not just the nation, but especially Democratic voters. I was in Iowa. There are more people of color in Iowa than I think people realize, but it's still an overwhelmingly white state. And so when you had some technological issues related to an app, some perhaps miscounting related to precincts and collecting information with these new rules and policies regarding how the caucus was supposed to work, I think that just amplified people's anxieties about whether Iowa was the best place to help voters decide who they wanted to lead the Democratic Party moving forward. And what does that mean for the New Hampshire primary on Tuesday? Like, are people looking to New Hampshire as, well, Iowa was completely messed up and we can't really glean anything of significance from that, and New Hampshire is really the state that we need to be looking at? Or is the sense that Similar to Iowa, New Hampshire is maybe not the best stand-in for the state of Democratic voters and that perhaps the results from this should not hold the significance that some people want it to hold. Well, it depends on which campaign you're talking about. Iowa, by no means, was meaningless. We did get some messages from Iowa. The fact that Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg emerged at the top gave us an idea about who some voters believe should be the best candidate for their respective wings of the party. So Pete Buttigieg won in quite a few counties that had voted for Obama in 08 and 12, but switched to Trump in 2016, giving the impression that their voters were willing to back a more moderate candidate opposed to someone as revolutionary as Sanders or Warren. And when having to choose between moderate candidates, they went for the the newer, fresher, younger face, opposed to backing former Vice President Joe Biden or Senator Amy Klobuchar. And in addition to telling us that they wanted a you know younger moderate, it also communicated that perhaps Buttigieg's identity as an openly gay man was not as problematic for some rural Midwestern voters as some people thought could be. And I think one thing that is notable after Iowa is that even though everyone pretty much agrees that it is a state that is not representative of the country, still people are looking at the results and looking at the fact that, you know, a candidate like Elizabeth Warren came in a somewhat distant third and saying, well, maybe this is like the end of the Warren campaign. It's not really clear right now what Elizabeth Warren's path to victory is or even to, you know, a second place finish. Questions about electability are resurfacing. Obviously, one of the big debates has been about whether or not a woman can win the nomination again after Clinton did in this post-Trump era But I don't know that that is the main reason that she is not doing as well with voters. There have been multiple polls from voters on the left saying that, of course, a woman can win. But when they see the candidates who have the most progressive agendas, Bernie Sanders just has the support and perhaps in part due to, you know, his previous run that Warren just can't compete with right now. And It's not expected to change significantly in New Hampshire. And after that, it's not really clear what she would be able to do to change that narrative. 
Well, when it comes specifically to New Hampshire, what are some of the factors there that candidates are having to consider that could potentially make it different from the outcomes we saw in Iowa? New Hampshire does have more independent and therefore undecided voters right now that could go in either direction. I saw some recent polling suggesting that Klobuchar was competing for third in the polls, which is very interesting because of how relatively poorly she did in Iowa. There's, you know, less of a conservative Christian segment of the party that candidates do not have to appeal to as much as they did in Iowa. That may work in favor of someone like Bernie Sanders, who has openly communicated that he's not a part of an organized religion and therefore does not want faith to have as much of an influence in policymaking, perhaps as, you know, the right or even some more moderate Democratic candidates. There are small towns, obviously, in Iowa, but also in New Hampshire, which is forcing some candidates to talk about their vision for small town America and has put Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg recently in some type of open debate about whether or not having leadership in a small town prepares you to be a global leader. And and is your sense that what happens out of New Hampshire will give a significant amount of momentum to the candidate that either comes in first or the first and second candidates? Or a week from now, will we still be in a situation where there are four or five candidates that are still all considered contenders? Depending on the outcome of New Hampshire, And if it's very similar to Iowa, and it's looking like it could be, it will certainly give momentum to the Buttigieg campaign in ways that it didn't have before Iowa. And while nothing is definitive, especially before Nevada and South Carolina, it definitely quiets the conversation about whether this millennial mayor whose leadership is limited to a small town can gain traction because the results will prove otherwise. Perhaps more importantly than gaining momentum, one of the big narratives that will come out of this contest if, you know, Joe Biden does not do very well or Elizabeth Warren does not do very well is how viable will their campaigns remain moving forward because you have about two weeks of conversation on network news and in the papers about this candidate having not won at least two contests. Eugene Scott covers politics for The Fix. That's it for this segment of Post Reports. Full episodes of our show come out every weekday afternoon. You can subscribe at postreports.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Martine Powers. Thanks for listening. Thank you.